Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And the series comes to a conclusion and the clean sweep, no dice. Penalty goal. The clean sweep, mate. Well, the uh, the penalty goal very questionable in my opinion to finish the game off. I know I didn't mind it. I just we just spoke about it off air. I, I thought I, I didn't mind it providing either A he kicks it or it goes dead. Like the, the conversation with the troll there has to be, hey, fucking you have to kick this dead. Yeah, I'm like, if he says, well, I'm not sure, but we're kicking a touch. Let's go. Yeah, and like I said to you... So I, think, I think that's what your that's where your frustration lies, and I'm sure plenty of other people as well. My thing is, yes, I've seen him kick a ball dead plenty of times for South Sydney, un- unintentionally, but there's a difference between a kickoff and kicking for goal. He set up and hit it like he was kicking for goal. He was better off just, you know, risking that little bit of accuracy and teeing off on it to make sure we got the extra opportunity. Otherwise, I thought we could have kicked... Easily down to the 20 from the 50, set up for an attacking set or a repeat, maybe had one or two cracks at him. But instead, we wasted a minute or more just sitting there waiting for the attempt at goal, which was extremely frustrating, just like our attack was overnight, in all honesty. Yeah. Again, I, I, I don't have a problem with it, provided that, that that conversation went on on the field. Like, as a coach, you don't get enough time there to... Like, that's not a coaching decision. That's a player decision because you you don't have enough time, particularly when we're time poor anyway. New South Wales are trying to get on with things. Oh, I don't think that's a call from the coaching staff. That's the players on the field. The trials where we go, look, I can kick this. Okay, let's go kick it. But someone should have asked him the question or at least made it very clear to him, like you said, spot on. Fucking, you got to kick this shit out of it, man. Yeah, like you, just just kick it like you're kicking off. Yeah, forget your accuracy. And, and, you know, well, you're obviously aiming to get it, but if yeah. you don't then, you know, there'd be a minute to go, they'd drop it out and we'd have the last say anyway. But get your leg through the ball. Like, kick it like you're hitting a kickoff, yeah. risk a bit of that accuracy, but you've got to fucking just nail it. It's got to go dead. Otherwise, we're kicking the touch. Yeah. Well, on the flip side of that, um, I thought it was frustrating all night. The refereeing, and that's not... Forget the result. I'm take that over. I'm not complaining in that sense. But the refereeing was fucking horrendous. The involvement in the game on both sides, the amount of six agains... Given both ways, just and then the thing that really gets me, and I, I think it's the same for most people, there's so many little innocuous ones. You're like, what the fuck was that for? What was that for? And then there's yeah, other there's ones. Some, there's some blatant ones that just get missed. They the just let them go. There's three blokes in, or someone's standing over the top of a ruck, or walking back over to play the ball, and you're like, you're giving, you're giving six agains for things that are just pointless. 
and pedantic, but there's blatant things going on that you just completely turn a blind eye to because you've abused. This is why I hate the rule because how long is a piece of string when you talk about infringements? And there, I got a couple of messages on um, just from mates sort of going like, "Fuck, there's been 15, 6 against in the first half." It's like, yeah, but if you depending on what the criteria is that you're working off, you could you could find fifty. But you could also go, well, are they really having that big of an impact on the match? Can I warn them on the run? Can I let the game flow? Like, and, and that's one of the greatest unknowns in any big game of rugby league is the refereeing and what that criteria is going to be from game to game. You just don't know. Like, even some of the high shots, like if you go back to the crackdown, like the crackdown's dead because there's, there's no sin bins or rarely, there was a few there that were high shots that just got let go. But yeah. The six again is just the interpretation and the criteria of from game to game. You could, it's just very, very unpredictable and it's difficult for fans to, I guess, know what to expect heading into big big matches. Uh, I, I thought Queensland did an outstanding job tonight of taking advantage of, of that exactly. The interpretations and, okay, Something will you, you give all, you know, this is this is what our stand is going to be. Are you going to give away a couple of uh, six against set restarts? Yeah, okay. But you know what? We're going to keep doing it and keep doing it. And are you going to keep pinning us for six against? And eventually they just don't. Yeah, I, again, I think besides the result, I just found the officiating very frustrating. But we'll get into the game more so than the negativity side of that. But uh, scrappy game. Definitely see the difference when you take out the pair of halves that New South Wales had as opposed to having in Moses and Whiten. Both really, in my opinion, struggled. Um, Whiten, as he does under pressure, tends to revert back to running the football. I thought he really struggled to get the ball out. And obviously, there was pressure there to you know get jammed and make him come play back on the inside. But too often, I looked at that situation there and just in my head, I, I couldn't help but playing over and over again. If Cody Walker's on the left-hand side there, linking with Latrell, he would have adjusted his depth, he would have changed something um, to try and, you know, probably capitalise on a few more of those opportunities. And, and Mitchell Moses, well, again, said the same thing the other night, as opposed to not picking the South halves or Cody even over him and playing him with, like, I know it's not a genuine half, and we're talking about kicking game, this, that, and the other, but if you're literally bringing someone in to just kick and, oh, I don't know, I, I don't, I, I, even his kicking game, He's kicking game at club at times. Like he's, you know, that downtown kick, yeah, it's all right. His long kick, he's got a boot, but he, he didn't find grass. He got left on the ground a couple of times. The first try, he was isolated, dead marine, which is why Munster got to jump out, isolate and play Tino through that hole. Critical times again in O when you want him. He just gets the ball, meanders sideways, drops someone under. Like there was fucking nothing constructive at all off the halves. No, look, if you want to get, like, super technical, <clears throat> Nathan Cleary allows you to play 100% of the field 100% of the time because he swings and plays both sides of the ruck. The Blues tonight were very predictable because you had Jack White, who's exclusively a left-hand side player, Mitchell Moses, who's pretty pretty much uh, an exclusive right-hand side player, and Queensland just ate up that play when New South Wales was trying to get to anywhere near the post. They laid three in on it, they got many in, and... It just meant that they were able to then just rush up and uh, and really pressure New South Wales because we're only really playing 50% footy. 
Whereas when Nathan Cleary's there, there were, there were times during the series, and I'll take you back, I think it was the last game where Latrell, Latrell did a one-on-one strip on the 10-metre on the uh, tram on the, on the left-hand side of the field, and we scored in the right-hand corner on play one. Because we just always, with Cleary there, you're always in shape, and he just goes bang, bang. Um, and it's called, they call it middle service. Penrith call it middle service. And there's a few clubs that are now playing it. But essentially it just means you have one half that plays on the ball around the ruck. And then you have your 5'8", who plays similar to like a, a Jerome Luai, who plays exclusively on the left. And then you have, like Penrith do, they have Dylan Edwards play exclusively on the right. And Nathan Cleary is your swing man between that. And... New South Wales were essentially playing that style of footy. What I was surprised with was just the lack of imagination in our attack. Like, we seem to be going sideways all night. I, I also think Tedesco, Tedesco to me, is not a great sweep line runner, particularly when he's getting fed the ball from Mitchell Moses, who will not dig in. And what I mean by dig in, he, he doesn't play yeah, deep. He doesn't engage at all. He doesn't take any to, way. To sort of create yeah. any, any, any sort of defensive pressure on the outside and Queensland was just eating that up man because he was because Moses was passing so early he, they were just able to rush up and shut down um, Turbo and, and Tedesco and a lot of the time they were catching the ball with their hips pointed towards the sideline yeah when the only time we saw Jack White really threaten all night was when we were able to get a quick play of the ball and he got early ball with his hips pointed towards the try line and Queensland was sliding and he was able to just run and score and I'm probably more forgiving for Jack White because we know what Jack White is. He's a runner, and he's not. He's not in the side to be that ball player and creator. That was Mitchell Moses' responsibility, and as was the kicking game. I don't know why White was doing so much of the kicking, but I just don't know why Mitchell Moses was not organising our sets and pointing us into. You know positions where he wanted to set up to a just give Jack White an early ball because if, if he can catch the ball with his hips pointed towards the try line, that outside defender, whoever is defending their inside shoulder on Jack White, can never leave him because he's such a strong running threat. We should automatically create an overlap on the outside of him. But White rarely got the ball in space with enough time to catch and and work out whether he's going to run or pass. It was always. He's either he's catching and the outside defence is up, so he had to run, or he's, he's catching and the defence was right up on him and he was shut down. And we just... We never really went to a plan B, in my opinion. And the, the other one was, I think, Mitchell Moses' kicking game, where he just he, he could not land a kick, a short kick, on the trial line there for Turbo. They kept landing five metres out, and Turbo was catching all of them. But if he lands it on the trial line, like, Turbo just falls, it falls down and scores. Whereas, you know, you know that Nathan Cleary would have put that on the try line every time, or at least nine times out of ten. I mean, look, I don't want to be critical of Freddie because, you know, he had his reasons. He wanted Mitchell Moses in the team for his kicking game, and I think, did he really provide the kicking game that Freddie probably thought he was going to? Probably not. No. Why? You know, and Freddie, I think Freddie will make comment in the press conference, and we're, we're recording straight after the game, so we're not going to see the presses, but... I would think Freddie's going to criticise the referees and he will he will not give the, the Blues halves an excuse, but 
his excuse will be that Queensland laid all over us and it didn't allow us any momentum to sort of play. But, it, but if that's the case, we needed to play with a little bit more depth. Yeah, well, we needed to isolate a little bit more because it seemed like every time we got a momentum play the ball, it was in the middle of the field because we're playing so exclusively to the post that they just get three and slow us down anyway. Yeah, and that was... Whereas with, with, with Nathan, it, it's not even about... They have... Penrith have shape from everywhere on the field. So they're, they're, not, they're not looking to get somewhere to play, right? They will play as soon as they get a quick play the ball and they know there's a shape for everywhere that they are on the field. It's, it's such a different style. And it, to take... Realistically, I think you can summarise the game. To lose Jerome and Nathan and then to add in Ponga and Hunt, I thought they were tremendous for Queensland. And the impact that not having Cleary and Luai on New South Wales was just as big as the inclusion of Hunt and Ponga for Queensland. Yeah, and it's in all facets. And like you said, exclusively, I thought the middle of the field was where we did all our good work. And like you said, even like a, a Tedesco, he was so busy again, tradesman-like, plenty of work. But all the good stuff that came from anyone in the New South Wales side, generally, was through the middle third. And any time we did get a good opportunity, I was getting frustrated, I said to you before, with Cook and all the crash plays. But at the same time, there was nothing ready to go on the outside. Yeah, so, you know, and that's the hard thing about... Uh, watching it with the, the TV coverage because the, the camera's always so focused on the rucks they can't actually see whether the edges are set mm-hmm. and it just Cook seemed to be getting frustrated and I, there was a few comments I saw on social media people going like Cook's getting away a little bit here with some shit play because you know I know everyone's trying to have it the halves and that was sort of the conversation but it, a few people rightfully said like Cook fucking he keeps crushing the ball and coming up with shit play but I guess you'd have to, and he's never going to admit it publicly, but you'd sort of have to have a look at the wide angle or if people were at the game, you'd be able to see whether the Blues were set. No, uh, you but, could tell they you were. You know, even when they went to Moses at times, like, he just fucking dropped someone under. No, he fucking Because he's... he's not at that point of the field. Like, there are so many halves in the NRL which are point players. Like, they have to be right on a certain point to play. Whereas, and, and that's, that's the difference between, I think, the way that particularly the Roosters and, and uh, sorry, the Panthers and the Storm play, they'll fucking hit you from anywhere at any time. So, well, well done, Queensland. I, I thought they were they were great. They they did everything that they needed to do to unsettle New South Wales. They got away with a lot of infringements and, you know, uh, I guess they pushed the envelope with the referee. The referee allowed it. That sometimes will work, sometimes won't. But you at least need to ask the question. They got away with it. I thought their middles were, were really, really good. Some of the play from Ben Hunt, both defensively and offensively, like he came up with some huge plays. And I just thought their kicking game was was much better. Right? A couple of those early kicks from Hunt were really, really good. They did a far better job on our back, I guess our back three. They really got stuck into all tonight, which I thought was you know, something that we've been critical of in terms of the kick plus two. In, the, in our last two reviews of Origin, where they, they just couldn't win. They couldn't win a kick, and then they couldn't win a tackle and kick chase, whereas tonight I thought they both won the kick, and then they a lot of the times they won one of those first two tackles. So that meant that they had far better field position, and they were able to just get into that grind. And you, you heard Freddie in the commentary sort of say, like, we don't want to be in the grind. We, we want to play. No, we need to pass to I win. Think a lot of that, I think a lot of that was down to the fact that 
we didn't have that kicking game and we weren't as effective without that three rolling through Queensland like we were in the previous game. And we, I, I don't know whether we could have shifted a little bit more. I thought, like, when they were bashing the fuck out of us there on the back of kicks, I thought, well, why not just throw the ball to Teddy or Latrell on that far, whoever's on the long side, and, and try and break him down and get a quick play of the ball and play on the back of that. But we, we didn't really try that. No. Well, no, it was yeah. Well done to Paul Green. I thought he, it was a well coached game. Like they they had a plan. They and they executed it. And you know you, you look back at what happened with Jairo. They they didn't have a perfect camp. They've been copping hooks from everyone. And Paul Green's been under a lot of pressure. Good on him for for turning up that that sort of performance. But I think New South Wales, like you said, they'll they'll look at it as one that got away. Well, you had a chance to make history. A clean sweep all three games in Queensland. They've rolled the halves in, yes. I, I think everyone, for the most part, did their job again. I thought the pack somewhat was underwhelming. Like, you know, there's a couple of guys there I didn't think were as good as they've been during the series. I thought Cameron Murray had some huge moments again. Just Cameron Murray was great. There's some stuff, again, that, that to the untrained eye that you won't see without seeing the the wide angle that you get to watch or review games on. There's so much clean-up work that he does. He's just so effective. Um, I thought Haas off the bench again. Punched his nose through a few times, but we, we just couldn't capitalise off the back of it. And, and probably the most frustrating thing, looking here, like Dan Gagai missed eight tackles, and I thought Latrell realistically didn't get a whole lot of good ball, but with the limited opportunities he did get, he just absolutely gave him the bath. And then on the other side of the field, the frustration in the second half and proving the point again about the halves not being able to get the football to where it needs to go or organising you know, your sets or what you need to be doing or just playing straight away is AJ Brimson gets wheeled out after Holmes gets injured. He's standing out there at centre. I think we got to him fucking once. Yeah, like, but I think that comes back to, again, when you play from the post, you, you get... The, the defenders like Gagai and like Brimson get so much more help. Yeah, because they because get realistically, more inside when, when help. When you get to the post, the defence is just going to split five and five. Yeah. And, you know, and you, I guess if you swing around and you have... You have seven. If the attack has seven, then I guess the defence is always going to put six there. But it's far less space. Yeah, I just I'm now, with you though. Your I... Turbo and your Latrell, they love space. Yeah, I just so don't. The, the thing that creates defensive issues is not so much them. Like they're brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but they've got less space to work in when you're attacking from the post. We were always hitting them from sort of seventy percent when Cleary was in the side and Luol was in the side. And it was a lot of the time on the back of a good play prior to that. Like, we were able to go two pop footy. Mm. We are able to have a shift and they go, right, mate, we're shifting again to the other side. And we're going to really test you when we've broken down your middle and then you're short on that edge. Whereas tonight, I just felt like we were probably taking one too many plays to get to the post, to have a slow play of the ball, so then just go, here you go, Turbo, here you go, Latrell, here you go, Teddy, do something yeah, for us. Well, that, that exact sentence there sums up how I felt all night. Any time we seemed to have a positive play or finally take a shot, it was always on play four, and then it was play five. Like We, we, yeah. could, we couldn't jump on the back of it and take advantage of it. And then we generally followed up with a shit kick and flipping more to the Queensland side because we've been very heavy New South Wales. The difference between having Ponga at the back is huge for a set start because even with it, you know, a straight line or putting pressure on him, he can skip across the field. He does very well, even if he's you know not physically the strongest man, but he gets between defenders. Uh, he can link up. He made a huge difference in yardage once or twice there. He beat blokes just absolutely clean and almost got going forward. And then Ben Hunt, Ben Hunt's difference in the ruck, the manipulation. He did a lot more for Papali. 
well, she got the markers to actually hold, which makes it easier when you're a middle, like myself. When you play that too wide, carry off the ruck, if your hooker does a good job, gets the markers out of the equation, you can decide, all right, I'm going to go square on a man, I'm going to skip across to you know, the third defender, I'm going to hit space between two, or if the A defender's lazy, which was the case a few times for New South Wales, he got to duck Ponga straight back in there, and Ponga did a really good job not only sweeping to the edges, which he didn't do as much as I thought. In particular, I thought they were going to go after Moses, but he did a real good job just piggybacking through the middle there with Ben Hunt when they had some good carries and just channeling through the ruck. Yeah, those two were... They made a huge... They were the difference. They were huge. Uh, I, I still yeah, actually... I also thought um, Hunt's kicking game was, was really underrated. Like, the pressure it took off... Munster, like I, Munster didn't do a lot of kicking. He was horrible. Uh, Terry, Evans, Terry Evans did a lot of kicking, which was good, but just in, the impact it has on your back three when, you know, Hunt will kick it on play three, similar to what Cameron Smith used to do. He used to do that all the time. You know, just nudge it down the field and go, right, I, that's how we're going to change momentum. I think... We, we might not be winning this set, but you know what? We're going to turn momentum here with an early kick and we're going to apply some pressure that way. Uh, where I just thought there, there wasn't any of that imagination for the um, for the Queenslanders in the first two games. Well, I, I thought everything Hunt did had a purpose, and it was at the right time. So he kicked. I, it probably leans back into that argument. Like he's probably better than nine. Yeah, I, than he's, uh, than he's seven. Well, at, at a rep level in particular, I think he's better than nine at club. I you know with. Said at the start of the year, when 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 I thought they were letting McInnes go, I didn't think they were going to be signing Andrew McCulloch because my first thought in my head, which is what I'm seeing now, Jaden Sullivan, Talatau Mone, the guys they've got pushing through, if they're really big on him, which they've signed them all up, you're pushing him out, you're taking advantage of the fact that Norman's going to be moving on and you build with those young halves. You've still got Hunt for two more years. Nine's his best position. He suits the new rules. But instead, realistically, he's picked up, you know, ex-Bronco players or players that suit what he's after but realistically like McCulloch's not the hooker you want for this new rule set but at this rep level you've seen the difference tonight between putting in two genuinely good guys that can affect those positions and it did have an effect I thought Cherry Evans was picked on a little bit in defence again but he was better uh, because obviously we were less effective in attack but his kicking game tonight was much better off the back of them actually being able to get forward and their play one twos off the back of Ponga at the back as well uh, hunt work in that middle they were kicking from a much better position like the last two games it felt like they were struggling to get out of their own end full stop tonight at times they were getting 50 55 meters and there was once or twice i thought we did a good job play one two or three and then ben hunt would just come up with you know some subtle stuff around the ruck or ponga dives in and they'd get a quick play of the ball or, or tino two or three times during the game came up with some carries i thought on poor sets for them which ended up saving it so all the areas we've criticized throughout set starts, work in the ruck, getting their middles over the advantage line, pressure off their kicking. Like, they ticked a lot of boxes tonight, uh, which they just haven't been able to throughout the series. But the two X factors, you just mentioned yourself, Hunt and Ponga uh, are, are the big two in terms of... Did Josh Rapali play full game? I don't know, but he, he played very well. I think he played... I think he might have played full game. Like, it's fucking unbelievable. Uh, he played 60 minutes. 60 Okay, so well, he, but he played the first 50, I'm pretty sure. You know, you'd tell you who was underrated again, in my opinion. I thought Catewell was solid again, without as much yeah, opportunity. I, 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 didn't really, I didn't really notice him too much tonight. I did. I thought 
there was some stuff again, just some subtle stuff. I thought Felice was ultra busy, in particular defensively. I'm, I thought Mo and Mo and Molo had a had a big impact when they came on. Fifty tackles from Felice, so that probably adds to no, that I thought. thought. Felice was good. Yeah, I thought he was very busy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, I also thought it was it was Terry Evans' best game this year. Like to to and Munsters, like Munsters still wasn't. Nah, oh, I di- we know love, I, I disagree with that. Far better with those with with you know Hunt and Palmer in the side. Like that's that's the strongest spine that they've they've thrown out there. I I still thought Munster was average. There was a couple of poor errors there. That like the things like the RP play. That's just frustrating to me. Like the ball's there. He he didn't even go for the ball. He's come in for a stupid like little nudge. He ran the one time he did run was the effective one at a dummy half. Like I said, when they got Moses on the ground. But overall, like I'm looking at it here, what's he, he got? Yeah, not- I'm, I'm, all I say, I'm, I'm just saying it was his best play, uh, his best game. Yeah. Of the series. Hammer was solid on debut. Um, was a big ask, but he did his job. He did his job. Yeah. He didn't miss right. any tackles. Uh, no errors. Like you said. Um, uh, the big two again it was those two but their, their pack as a whole I thought a lot of guys did some stuff that goes unnoticed but between Papali Welch etc Kate Wills small stuff Felice's work and the bench you're right Mo, Mo again Mo's been great for them off the bench this series um, New South Wales had 52% of possession and they both completed it Queensland completed 88% New South Wales completed 87% and probably that's a high quality yeah Maybe sticking in my head a little bit more again, like Munster's last kick where he just kicked it out of the full. Like I was thinking, fucking yeah, hell, you, yeah, you, it wasn't, wasn't great. you're trying, to, trying to give us some way into it, but no. Nah, overall, great team effort by them. Like you said, they muddied the waters a little bit. They, I, yeah, the, of course they did. They the, had to because the, on paper they weren't the better side. When when you're not the better side, you need to muddy the water a little bit. Oh, I'm not knocking it, That's but good coaching. We saw a real Queensland team tonight. That's what we generally associate where. If their back's against the wall, or the game's a dogfight, or again, if you don't have the weapons like we have, the number one thing they've got is that aggression, that energy, that intent in their jersey, that pride in their jersey, and they make it personal. And tonight, I thought for the first time in the series, unfortunately, in a dead rubber, they did that. And they celebrated all the little moments. And even at the end, I'm not a fan of the last tackle where Tino in particular started the pile in and four or five others got on top. That's just dumb and dangerous. But Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen that, though. That, that, throughout the history. That right there was like, like, where's this been the two games prior? Yeah. They just got lapped. So if if that attitude was there earlier, and obviously those couple of players that made a huge difference in the spine, who knows? But obviously on the flip side of that, you've seen the value of those two halves. And if anyone who had a question about that now after what you've just watched proves the value again in having those guys there and it, it also nullified Yoey a lot tonight I, I saw Yo when I messaged you was it maybe early second half or start of first the, the one time he got a proper link up midfield with the halves we scored yeah it was when Whiten scored wasn't it like yeah it's the first time we got a decent halves link up off a of play the ball where something was organised and he was that outlet to give us that width to get the play on the outside Whiten got to run square and went bang straight in like even without the Penrith guys there and the organisation with the halves, like his role was somewhat neglected throughout the game. Yeah, it was just different, wasn't it? Different halves, different, a different sort of system. And that's why Yo allows you to play from 70%. It allows you to play from the sideline because you can throw Yo the ball and then he can run like that that little block shape where he takes the middle with him and then he plays out the back to clear it. So he, he sort of allows you as, as that extra pass, similar to what 
James Graham used to do that a lot for the Bulldogs, going back to when, you know, they played in that grand final, a couple of grand finals, where they could hit you from a sideline because they hit James Graham and then he'd play at the back to the half on the long side. And then they hit you on the far edge. Uh, and I, th- I think it's just, it's underrated, really, really underrated. But the two halves tonight just weren't quite up to to playing that style of footy, which is okay, but I, I just feel as though we probably should have had a plan B. Um, but we didn't, and or if we did, we we didn't really seem to try and use it or execute it. I, that, the, I thought the one play that we, we could have gone back to was the one where um, White and rolled the ball back under for Latrell when Ben Hunt came up and jammed Latrell. I thought we could have gone back to that play. I, I felt like that might have been a part of the plan and because it sort of didn't work on that first occasion, we, we shelved it. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him run it on the right-hand side and maybe turn Turbo back under because he was having some, some success in behind the ruck. But, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's big moments, but... Uh... I guess <laughs> those big moments. That's funny. They, they they took their chances when they were presented. I think the the dummy half try to Ben Hunt is one that you just Tarek Sims got done with a dummy to Flegler and sort of moved out and gave up his inside shoulder and went up past the ball. That's really one that's unforgivable at that level. Mm. Uh, but you know Ben Hunt, it's again like you said before, it's that deception, the little bit of deception. Well, he, he's he's, he's genuinely throw a dummy in. Yeah, and get his nose down and score there. That, like that's that's big. That's, he he's genuinely a threat to run, run. Yeah, and pass. Like he, he he has those dimensions. Whether people watch close enough or not, I like to get. Oh well, he's a half. Well, he I honestly think the way he plays, he's more a hooker than he is a half because he has the instincts out of there, like a Harry Grant or like a Brandon Smith. Those kind of guys where you genuinely have to pay attention to him because he not only gets out and, and just works your markers over, but if you sleep on him, he can run. If yeah. you don't pressure him, he can kick early. If you, you know, aren't, aren't accountable for him, he'll manipulate there and he can throw a pass. He can play short. Like, it, there's there's a lot more probably opportunity and freedom for him out of dummy half. He seems to, I don't know, freeze up at times when he plays seven and he's got all the responsibility. For some reason, in a dummy half, he just plays eyes up and it brings yeah, out the best. I'm all in on him now, playing nine. Yeah, it brings the best out of him. The best part of Ben Hunt's game is he's running game. But I also think, out of nine in particular, it frees up his creativity, and he, he seems more creative out of dummy half of the ball as when he is ball playing as much as he is when he's a seven. So would you agree he was man of the match? I, I thought he was man. Of the I match. thought he was the man of the match, and they, they named man yeah. of the series uh, Tommy, which again I thought he was good again tonight, and he got a bit frustrated yeah. at the back end and tried to force himself on the game with that set where Teddy was half through, and then Tommy obviously went clean through off two carries and. Uh, he, he usually doesn't get it wrong, but he had his eyes already turned and Ponga had overcommitted. If, if he had his eyes up, he yeah, wouldn't... Yeah, I, I said that to Nicole. I was like, bloody hell, if he just dummied there, if he had his eyes up, he scored. Ponga was already gone. Ponga won the ball. He was, yeah. But, you know, he, he had a head head knock. His eye was busted open. He was already sort of looking outside. But there was there was things like that tonight, again, that you bring up in football that you see. There was a lot of moments that have yeah. stuck for New South Wales that just didn't tonight either. Yeah. Um, the game one and two, absolutely everything that could have gone right did go right. But, you know, there was there was still some good moments there. There was still plenty of effort. The, it was the, a good game of footy. I, I enjoyed that game. I know we lost, like, as a Blues fan. Yeah. And well done to Queensland fans. Must be feeling, you know, they wouldn't be feeling great, but certainly feeling a lot better tonight. But, but like, as a spectacle, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that game, even though we lost. Like, the first two were fizzes, really. 
Yeah. I, I enjoyed winning, but I didn't enjoy the game. Like, I'd much rather watch a good game. But a Queensland fans might go, you're a fucking idiot. Well, we want to we, we beat you every time we play you, but... I, yeah, I just craving a, a good tight game of footy because we don't get that many, it seems like, in this current... I guess phase of, of whatever the game is. Yeah, the sad to thing. It, into with the rule changes. Even with the six agains in a game like tonight, anyone thinks like laying in the ruck and everything else hasn't come back in. It has. Because it's that inconsistent oh, that yeah. players just push yeah. the boundary. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah, the, the inconsistent application has got players to a point now where I think a lot of them are just doing it again. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, like, yeah. T- tonight was a hammering, but yeah. you don't see it often enough anymore to justify players not trying to slow it down. So... I think yeah. a lot of them now are just going, oh, cool, let's basically go back to what we're doing. Yeah, I, I know in our last our last two or three games in Cup and Massey, man, we, there was one game there where I think there was uh, there was 22 six-agains in one half. And then the week after, there was three. It's like, fucking, how do you, how do you go from 20, like 22, and it was the same breadth, 22 in one half of footy, like I don't know whether the referees and they've done a review or whatever and said you used it too much, but yeah, just that consistency and the, the application of, of whatever the criteria is across games is probably my wider point. That's happening not only in the NRL, not only at Origin, but in you know all the way down to uh, Massey and Flag level. It's, it's happening as well, mm. obviously because the quality of the officials, similar to the quality of the players, isn't quite up to that elite level. So you, you're going to get you know, the same sort of issues, I guess. Well, on a positive side, after all the drama, Queensland got a win. Uh, good way. Got a win, yeah. New South Wales won the series, which, uh, yeah, thoroughly deserved to win the series. But, oh, 100%. But I just think for, yeah, for what's going on... Queensland are going to walk away. I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad. Like, it's a great thing for them to win, but is it going to smother over some of those cracks? I think they still need to make sure they do a thorough review because... Tonight and probably today is the only real time that has been positive in this last six weeks for Queensland because, you know, they got lapped in the first game, they got lapped pretty much in the second game, and then they had the Jairo issue, the Mulatalo issue, the the constant, I guess, seemingly disconnect between Cherry Evans and Green, the speculation around Green, you know, all the innuendo and the finger-pointing and the lack of leadership around the QRL... Tonight is by far and away their best night, but I hope for their sake that they go away and still do a very, very thorough review and don't just think, well, you know, let's roll into next year. Because if they roll into next year thinking that, you know, New South Wales is going to be the same side that ran out tonight, they're going to be sadly mistaken because that's that's going to burn not only the players that played tonight for the Blues, but, you know, it's going to burn clear in law because they'll feel as though they could have really had... You know, a big impact on that game to Yeah, well... I truly now, I truly is... They're not, not only going to be thinking about winning a series, like they're, they're going to... They're motivated fellas, like haven't have, had involvement with them for a long period of time. They're not just going to be wanting to win a series. They're, they're going to be wanting to clean sweep a series and have their fingerprints all over that. And I think Brad Fittler's got that talk about him as well. Like, he, he really wants to leave some history for the Blues and you know, I think we've got the side there that can do it but you know as soon as you're a little bit off and you've got some injuries and you sort of don't play well you, you can get results like tonight so oh, I, I didn't give Queensland 
much of a chance. I thought, I, I thought they could win, but I thought it'd be highly unlikely that they, they would win. I think I picked New South Wales to win by 14. I think you had Blues by 12. So we sort of thought it was going to be, you know, at least a two-score game in New South Wales. Oh, you put it... Yeah, and we put most of that down to, again, what you've seen throughout the series, and I, I was just more bothered again. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. All the drama again, a couple of players that were out. I thought the spine obviously improved, but just had not seen enough from the edges, the outside backs. And the biggest question coming in, it was the halves. We thought, could the halves drop in? They didn't have to overplay their hand, but could they get the job done? And if anything, um, they did, again, like I said, they didn't have to overplay, but they certainly didn't do as much as what I thought they would, and in particular Moses. Moses probably carried most of the weight of responsibility to steer us around, and I felt like, you know, with any opportunity that was made off those gun individuals we talked about, which would take... It'd be interesting to see um, Moses play... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Moses play with Cleary. That yeah. would be interesting. I just, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't want to keep harping on it, but I really, really was frustrated that Cody Walker wasn't instantly the man to be brought in. Whether whether it was one of them or both of them, like if you're just sitting there going creativity, constant danger, the players we had there, been able to get the best out of them and be on the ball, I honestly think he's the best ball player in the comp. Like it, it, that's not saying best half, but best natural, like natural ball player, been able to get to your edges, and he's also a running threat with what we had on the field there tonight. Like Moses, Moses just just he does not engage at all. If if it's not to do with kicking, or basically being out the back of a sweep and being able to throw a long pass or get rid of it early, he's playing in a dinner suit. He's not getting dirty. He's not engaging the line. He's not playing square. There's just a lot of stuff, and in particular in that arena, I'm just I just yeah, I'm I'm surprised. Like Jack, I can understand if you've got a dominant seven, but again, we're a year late form-wise. But that one in particular, I just, I, I thought we would have been so much better off either with the pairing or Cody in some capacity. But I was happy that Uppy got a debut. Uppy was uh, good in his little stint there. He was good when he came on. Effort play for that try. Um, and yeah, like we said, no surprise that Tom. Uh, got man of the series. I thought he was good again tonight. And for New South Wales, the series throughout Tom. Tedesco, Latrell were all outstanding. A couple of those forwards, like we see Cameron Murray, uh, has done a really, really good job throughout. Safidi's one big one we haven't mentioned who missed tonight. He was yeah, outstanding. That's, that's a great call. Because Haas. he was really good for Newcastle in the game where he got injured. Yep. Haas and Yo uh, in every game. Yoey a bit quieter tonight, but again, a different setup in terms of our spine and our style of play. I thought Haas, Haas still affected the game. Um, style of play. Style of play. Fanukin was busy. Uh, as you'd expect, and, and had a red-hot crack. But, yeah, I, I think in terms of how we started with our forwards when we had Safidi and that full complement plus the halves, makes a huge difference. So uh, you, you've got a glimpse, glimpse into that tonight, and that's probably the summary for New South Wales and for Queensland. I guess some green shoots and seeing some life in your team. And Harry Grant will be available next year, so they'll be able to potentially play again with those dual nines. And I said game one that I couldn't believe they didn't pick Ben Hunt at least on the bench. Because yeah, yeah. you're going to pick a utility, he covers halves and no hooker. Brainer. Absolute no-brainer, absolute no-brainer. And yeah. he's genuinely good at both positions. So next year, yeah. surely that's you know a fait complete that if Grant's healthy and you've what got about, Hunt, what about, what about AJ Brimson's fucking fry tuck haircut? It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. He belongs in the Robin Hood movie. Was doing his hair and took the breakfast bowl off his head. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lockdown haircut. That's for sure. It's not great. It's the straight-up spash from the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie. 
It's one of those. What is going on there? Right off one of the villages, straight up. But Harry Grant back next year. Hamiso obviously got a run today. He was solid. Um, they tried to get Walsh in. I think while they've got Ponga and the halves they've got there, that Walsh would probably be still in the outer and probably where you want it to be. Walker in the next year or so, have no doubt when Cherry Evans is on the back end. And tonight probably saved him a little bit of grace, but he's pushing his nose through. Collins will be back from his ACL. So there's a few guys there uh, on the horizon. I, I guess they're still obviously lighter on than what we are in terms of depth. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a good positive for them after all that's gone on to finish off with a win, that's for sure. But for them for this series... Does he get uh, Paul Green another... Well, he, sorry, he, does he get Paul Green another series? He's one that would be extremely happy about the win because I think it's a mutual option, and depending on Wayne Bennett and QRL, which seems like they've got a bit of spite that he you know, said he couldn't do both jobs, uh, I think he probably does get the opportunity. But who knows? You, you never, you never know in rugby league. Um, who's the other one? I think? Again, I have to wrap Toto again as well. He was hit plenty tonight. Who was that? Toto. Yeah, I thought they did a better job on him, uh, yeah. but the one error he made, his clean-up effort was outstanding. Yeah, that was unbelievable. I, I could not believe it. And then cleaned up on Gagai. That was huge. Yeah, yeah. That that, that sort of play yeah. just typifies Brian Toto. Yeah, I thought they got the, the, the penalty there wrong on the trill as well. Like, he was going back to the ball. Like, oh, I thought that was a bad obstruction call, uh, escort call. Yeah. Well, series wrap-up, what we said. That Those three fullbacks were huge for us. The halves in game one and two. Safidi, underrated. Murray, uh, like we said, Yo, the first two games, underrated. Sims's first two games. Like, for the most part, it's been a real... Real, real good group effort. Toto every single game, and even tonight again, 190 metres in, in his work. But um, we spoke about it after the first two games. The core of this side are all under 25. So form, injuries permitting, the majority of this side, plus throwback in those halves and the Safiti brothers, will be around for at least the next four or five years, hopefully, yeah. form and health-wise. So real good opportunity yeah. here for New South Wales. Uh, I think Teddy's 28. 28 or 29. So he's, he's probably got a year or two still. Yeah. Um, in terms of that sort of level, as long as he stays healthy. But Toto's like 22. Latrell's maybe 23, 24. I think Tom's mid-20s. The Fox is still in the mid-20s. Uh, you know, you look at Murray. Murray's only like 22 or 23 as well. Liam Martin, who's got some time off the bench, is only 22 or 23. Crichton's still only around that age. So there's a good group there. Uh, you got the older heads like Sims obviously got to run. And this series, Cook's my age because he played 20s the same time I did. Like, There's a couple of guys like that that probably don't have as many years left. But the difference is I think we've got players in those positions ready to push through. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, what a great Yeah, on the Queensland side, I... They've obviously had changes every single game. So, but out of this 
game in particular, you can thank Ponga and uh, Benny Hunt, as we've said. But across the series, best player for them. It's, it's pretty hard off the top of my head to come up with someone. I, like, I thought Welch's games have been solid, but he obviously got knocked out in one of the games. Gagai, who's... Mo up there. Yeah, Mo would be right there. His first game in particular off the bench was excellent. Uh, Kate Wells, another one again. Mr. Consistency. Yeah, I know in the centres it was hard defensively, but like the last game, he had 20 carries, 200-plus metres. Like, he busted his ass. So there's a couple of guys that have at least been there across the board and, and made a good effort for them. But, um, yeah, tonight belonged to Caelan Ponger and Ben Hunt. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I thought Ben Hunt seen or heard who won Man of the Match. Uh, I don't know about Man of the Match, but, yeah, I saw that uh, Tom... Got man of the series, so he got the Wally Lewis medal. Yeah, yeah, so. I'm just always more interested in man of the match. Yeah, well, that wraps up State of Origin for another year. And, uh, now I need to find the team list so we can do our round 18 tips. Obviously, like we said, going to be a bit hard with the turnarounds to be completely accurate, but we'll do our best. That the first game we have is your Gold Coast Titans backing up Friday night at Seabus up against the Parramatta Eels. So looking at the origin effect there, they've got Brimson named at one to back up. He'll definitely back up. Fotuaka's named in the front row. Tino at 13. And David Fafita, obviously, suspended to miss the game, is in the lineup. Other than that, doesn't look like there's a whole lot of change. They've picked the same 17. So depending on who backs up, I think that basically all your blokes should get through after what you've seen tonight. Yeah, you think so, yeah. They're yeah. both, the, the two middles played probably half a game or a little bit more, are both younger, so I think they're a good chance. On the Parramatta side, similar deal. Paulo, Moses, I think they'll both uh, likely back up as well. And for them, they're off the buyer. They welcome back Reed Marnie, which is a, a big in for them. And on the back of that, Isaiah Papali'i, after having that extra week off, was cleared of his head knock. So, big game. Titans need to keep winning. Parramatta, obviously cemented pretty much at that top end. So, not as important, but who do you like here? Oh, man. I'd love to say the Titans, but... Yeah. We've been smacked the last few times we've played Parramatta. I, I fear for... Just defensively. So, I'll, I'll tip the Eels but I'd, I'd love nothing more than to see the Titans win yeah well I'm sort of with you I just don't trust them defensively uh, we saw no. obviously a good hit out last time against the Raiders but we've also seen the ugly end like when we went to Mudgee and a few other times on TV where you just dumbfounded about their defence so uh, a good test at home and Blue Bet agree they've got Parramatta the favourite at $1.55 245 for the Gold Coast Titans and minus 5.5 is the line the second game is Manly Seagulls up against the Dragons. And uh, as far as the Dragons are concerned this week, they've only got a couple of those guys out rested. Tyrell Fuimaono, Matt Dufty, Daniel Alvaro are out. So they've got the majority of their players in. So if going off that, you'd think they might go three players each game and try to see how they go. But for Manly, question marks on whether Tom and Cherry Evans will back up. Cherry Evans, I think, is more likely. Turbo, you just think, given his history, it'd, it'd be pretty crazy to think they would back him up with that sort of workload. Um, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. So I, I'm a lot more confident that Cherry Evans will, but I'm not sure about DC. But I do question if, if he is missing 
in this game and someone has to go to, oh, sorry, if Cherry Evans was missing, that was the one I was trying to say. If they cannot play Dylan, yeah, they can't play Dylan Walker there again. You've got to play Kate Cust. I'd go as far to say if DC backs up, I tip Manly. If he doesn't, I tip St. George. Well, that's the other one. Benny Hunt to back up after making 42 tackles and having a big game like he did. It's, it's a big ask, but I guess for them, they need to keep. They want to keep themselves in the position that they're at. They've come off the back of a couple of hard weeks. They've been in the spotlight. Um, if, if if you looked at it within the hour and you had a couple of guys and you had to make that decision, if, if Tom was missing in particular, and I'm the Dragons, I'd, I'd see it as a real big opportunity. So not sure how that one will play out. Tarek Sims as well played the minutes tonight. Um, not the youngest man in the world. Had a big series, had a big impact on it. Backing up as well, I'd be interested to see what's going on there. But yeah, on the manly side, if Cherry Evans by any chance was missing, it can't be Walker. It's got to be Cade Cust in the half. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. You can't keep rolling that uh, rolling that videotape over again. No. Nah. Uh, and expecting a different result. Well, I'm on manly uh, on the proviso that at least yeah, Cherry Evans. And I just don't think they can be as poor as they were last week. Nah. The odds of bluebet.com, $1.20 for Manly, and four sixty for the Dragons, minus 14.5 is a line there. I think that's a bit generous. Um, but, yeah. That's I, huge, yeah. I do like Manly. And in particular, if Tom's not there, I think that 14.5 start seems very generous right now. So I'd probably get a piece of that. Raiders up against the Sharks. The Sharks, no one involved in the origin setup. So the same 17 that played last week on the Raiders side of things you've obviously got Jack and Josh Papali seeing if they will back up Saturday so they get the three day turnaround uh, Whiten if he does play obviously sees Frawley drop out of the squad he's named in Jersey 20 so if obviously if he's not there he'll come back into the side Dunamis Lewis out after suffering a calf strain and the Raiders have beaten the Sharks the last five times so they've got a bit of a good run in that regard, and uh, I, I don't know. This one I looked at, I'm still not really convinced on the Sharks. They had a good little patch there, but then the Brisbane game was, you know, very disappointing. And then even last week, I thought the Warriors probably were a bigger enemy to, the, enemy to themselves than the Sharks were in that 15-minute period. Um, but there was a bit of life in the Raiders, and probably the biggest thing that got me is they simplified their game. They actually played to the middle. When I look at the middle of Cronulla, with Aiden Tolman and Aaron Woods there, I think that's an area they can really get at. So um, their season's on life support. Yeah, their season's on life support. I'm going to go the Raiders and uh, even the kid, Savage. Like He was okay last week. It's a big ask of a 19-year-old who's literally moved from the wing and playing in the SG Ball Grand Final to only playing six or seven games of fullback the last month or so. Yeah, but their forward pack last week, Gula was huge. The Pines game off the bench was massive. Sutton. So just that up against what Cronulla's got there. It, you know what I also think uh, we shouldn't underestimate is the impact that having a dry track for Canberra's going to have. They're going to go from playing either in wet, soggy Sydney or down in Canberra where it's wet and slippery to playing on a really nice dry track on the Goldie. Like, I think that'll, that'll help them playing up north. Like, I almost think, like, That'll, that'll make them more conducive to pass and run and play that more open style of footy, which I think they're probably held back from because they've, they've been down on confidence. But 
hopefully last week's going to give them some confidence so they come out and play that fast, straight, direct style of footy that we know is so effective for them. Mm. And you know, like pushing Frawley out means you've kind of lost what they had last week, which is basic direction, good defender between him and Sam Williams. They played straight. When Starling come on, Hodgson got out and basically played as a half. So I'd like to think in this situation, again, they keep it simple. Jack runs the ball. Sam steers the ship. They get Starling in early enough and just let Hodgson push out again. Because I think Hodgson looks yeah. as good, if not better, when he's on the ball rather than playing a dummy half right now for the Canberra situation. Agreed. So they're both on the Raiders. Remember the blue bet? The odds there, $2.30 outsider are the Raiders. Cronulla, $1.63 favourite, minus three and a half. Is the line there? Yeah, I don't mind the odds. I think it's uh, probably not a bad shout, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, again, their season's on life support, so they, they've got to win. Cronulla had an opportunity the week before if they would have beat Brisbane to basically been even with the Dragons, and they would have been too clear or one clear of you know Newcastle. But, yeah, it's a huge week for the Raiders, that's for sure. Cowboys Roosters up at North Queensland. Valentine Holmes after tonight looking here. In the one jersey, highly doubtful that he's going to be backing up. You'd think Hamiso will be back. Molo will be back as well. And Hess was in camp, but obviously didn't play on the Rooster side of things. Three-day turnaround. Struggled last week. So I, I think if Tedesco is good to go and Crichton will definitely need to go, they'll definitely want them to play. Uh, so with that being the case, you know, I, I think you're looking at the Roosters. Radley back last week was a big in. Uh, they've obviously found out today that Joseph Sawali won't be a part of any games for the rest of the season. He's got a Liz Frank fracture. So, uh, troops, still an issue in terms of the Roosters. They can't catch a break there, that's for sure. You're not wrong. Uh, I'll tip the Roosters, but that's more because I just don't like what I see from the Cowboys. It's not because I've got... I'm supremely confident in, in either A, what the Roosters produced last week against the Bulldogs, or B, confident that they can keep sustaining all these injuries play well and win games yeah and I agree similarly and if those guys back up I feel a lot more confident about it but similar deal Cowboys it's now or never season's on life support if those guys are a bit flat or the Roosters don't want to reach for their bench again and get bogged down a little bit um, there's a great opportunity there for North Queensland being at home but um, yeah I, I, I can see Robinson being a little bit frustrated maybe pushing to try and get those guys on board and uh, try and make it two in a row after a bit of a lean patch so, both on the Roosters and with Blue Bet, they are the favourite. They're a dollar thirty-four, three twenty-five for the Cowboys. Minus nine and a half is the line in that one. Melbourne Storm up against the Newcastle Knights. They're homecoming to Melbourne, and uh, in this one, Nico Hines still at the back. Their extended squad still does not feature Ryan Pappenhausen. They're still not expecting him until at least round twenty against the Penrith Panthers. Uh, besides that point there. Harry Grant, he's still at least out for another week. So Nico Hines still in the number one jersey. Brandon Smith at the nine. And obviously be monitoring the players, Munster, Adokar, Fanukin, Felice, and Welch. Uh, with the travel and getting back down there, it wouldn't surprise me. Adokar, that shot he took in the back, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a week off. Felice had a big game. Uh, maybe Dale, Welch. Munster possibly will back up, but I don't think all of them will play, that's for sure. Hard to know, isn't it? Mm. For Newcastle, a few big positives. Tyson Frizzell's back early from an ankle injury, and Daniel Safidi, who was out of origins, already back for Newcastle. So 
said it to you that maybe some clubs are a bit more worried about their club form than a dead rubber. Um, probably not a bad thing for Newcastle that Safidi is available for this game because, you know, if Melbourne are a few troops down and they've got Ponga, Frizzell and everyone back on board, they could have a red-hot crack. But uh, even even still, Melbourne showed form-wise with those other guys missing that they can get the job done within their squad and going back to Melbourne, definitely going with the Storm. Yeah, the return to Melbourne, I think, is hugely underrated. I'll be on the Stormers. And they're a dollar ten favourite with Blue Bet. Seven dollars for the Newcastle Knights, and the line huge minus nineteen and a half. I think that's. Yeah, mate. I take the line on Newcastle. Yeah, because if Pong is there, you've got Clifford and Pierce starting to play together. They've got a couple of other guys back. You get Daniel back. You get Frizzell back. Their bench is starting to look a bit better now. Like, I, yeah, I don't know if I'd go. Yeah, you look at how many times Melbourne just scored forty points. Irrespective yeah. of who's there, that's probably why the line is what it is. Yeah, but for bookies there. Just covering themselves, but yeah, yeah. Warriors Panthers on the Sunday for the Warriors. You know, another close loss last week, but Josh Curran's been named on the bench, and Ewan Aiken, uh, he's back. Oh, he's on the extended bench after they've completed their fourteen days of isolation. That sort of surprised me. I thought he might have pushed in front of Montoya, uh, but other than that, it's the same thirteen starters as last week. But Kane Evans. Replaces Ben McMurdoch-McMasilla and Jack Murchie is off the bench as well. Toe Harris still out with the shoulder, as is Chad Townsend. And, uh, yeah, they're both working their way back in. They've been named in the reserves, but maybe out for another week. For the Panthers, Dylan Edwards returns from his foot injury. Charlie Staines goes back to the wing. Brent Naden to the centres. Matt Burton, 5'8", which is what we wanted to see. Tyra May still in the seven now that Luai's obviously out. Toto, Isaiah Yo, Catewell, Martin, etc. We have to wait to see what's going to happen there. You, you'd no doubt that Arpy and Martin will back up, but Toto's had a huge series, and so has Catewell. So potentially those two uh, get a rest, and if that's the case, they've got Mobarovsky and Robert Jennings in cover for a couple of those guys there. Um, and in terms of forwards, if you were to miss one of those other guys, Isaac Tago's made a couple of good contributions. So there's an option there with him. Jermaine Hopgood. Or an Eisenhuth, but regardless of that, uh, with who they've got there, I'm going to go the Panthers just purely off consistency. And I know both the halves are out now, but um, the Warriors just let you down. They keep letting me down. Six losses by less than six points. And then last week again, just their own worst enemy. I, I just can't tip them. Yeah, look, I'll do Penrith, but I think if they, if Penrith rest their origin players, I don't have a bet on the Warriors. Yeah, well, if you like that right now with Blue Bet and you think that might be the case, they're $3 as is without the Origin players being arrested. So uh, the bookies might be sniffing something similar with the halves missing and after watching them a few times now without those players. But Penrith, they're $1.40. Minus 7.5 is the line there. Uh, it's a danger game, no doubt, depending on who backs up. And then just in general, what we've seen from the halves when they're not there makes a huge difference to the flow of the Penrith side. But Broncos, Tigers... Sunday as well. Broncos off that rest. Haas, Coates and Flegler have all been named to back up. I'd assume that all of them will back up. And uh, they were outstanding. Obviously last time around, finally showed some fight and a bit of spirit. Kobe Hetherington retains the 13 jersey. Corey Pakeson is on the interchange bench. Jesse Arthur's with the head knockers out and so is Ethan Bullimore. And uh, for the Tigers, Moses Imbai after uh, the week off. In that three-week stint where they've been pumped, he's gone back to the bench. 
Adam Dewey goes back to 5'8". They've got a debutante in Fetalaga Poaga. And uh, he makes his debut in the centres. And Stefano Utukamano has been promoted to start, along with Thomas McKayley at lock. Alex Twile goes back to the bench, and Saifarth is out to the reserves. And Michael Maguire has named a second debutante on the bench is Tuki Simpkins, the man they traded for from the Cowboys at the start of the year. So uh, I think this is a huge danger game. He's, he's changed his lineup a little bit, but for the most part, a couple of starters have gone back to the bench. A couple of bench players have come into the starting lineup. Debutante centre. Um, James Roberts is the other centre. I don't know which one was Mark and Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnsworth, but I think uh, defensively, that's something that could potentially open up. I, I really liked what I saw from the Broncos last game, and I haven't liked anything I've seen from the Tigers. So this is the straw for me. If they lose, it'll break the camel's back. So it makes me want to tip them, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the Broncos, amazingly. Tough one, man. 100%. You don't know what you're going to get from either of them, but I, I, I saw some life and a bit of fight and just something out of the Broncos out of that break. And then the Tigers, I don't know what the last two weeks has been made up of, but this is make or break for the club in general because if, if you don't see something here... Yeah, I'll go to the Tigers. Yeah. But I, yeah, I've got no idea. No, if you don't see something here, I think, yeah, I know they're, so they're waiting for Tim Sheens, but the right will be on the wall. And, and look, I'll say, the reason I'll say I'll go Tigers is because I think they've got, their season's actually still alive where Brisbane's isn't. Otherwise, I think this should be, this should be a pick and game. I don't know what the odds are, but I'd have it at ninety and, yeah, good luck. I guess maybe give the slight edge in favouritism to Brisbane because it's at Suncorp. Maybe dollar, I don't know, dollar eighty two dollars or something, dollar ninety five, dollar eighty five. But yeah, I think just think the Tigers probably feel as though they've got more to play for, even though I think they're no chance of making the finals. But hmm. well, you know, when you look at the ladder, they are. Huh? Yeah, well, Brisbane are the favourite at dollar sixty two at bluebet dot com, and uh, the Tigers two dollars thirty. Yeah, $2.30 for the Tigers and minus three and a half the line. Wow. Mm. So even the bookie's not confident in the Tigers. And again, a lot of confidence showing in a Brisbane team that's been very inconsistent. So crazy to think, but that's where we're at at this point in the season. In the last game of the round, South's up against the Bulldogs on the South side of things. Gagai, Latrell Mitchell, Cook, Murray, etc. We're going to have to see who backs up, but in the reserves, they've got a bit of cover there. We've seen Taff, we've seen Mamazoulos, we've obviously got Mansour to back up. Paulo's now back available, Braden Burns, so they've got some cover. And uh, there's some guys like we spoke about last week that have definitely been doing a really, really good job. Uh, it's LA host when he gets his opportunities, etc. These few guys that they've done a good job. Uh, but, oh, well, sorry, unfortunately, Sele's out. So he's not going to be available, but They've got cover there for a few guys, if need be. In the Bulldog situation, Simon Afanai, he's returning from a one-game suspension. Uh, that pushes off a Hickey Ogden back. And on top of that, Josh Jackson swaps with Renoff Tony, who started in the second row. And uh, Matt Dory, Jade Nockenbore, and a few other guys uh, on the extended bench for the first time. And Marshall King obviously has one more match to serve as suspension. And unfortunately for the Bulldogs and their situation still with players out or not for South, so I'm going with the, the Bunnies. Yeah, Bunnies, mate. So, what this Sunday's going to be good, hey? We've got three bang, bang, bang. 
back-to-back games. Yeah, three uh, Saturday, Sunday, so a good weekend to watch some footy. Yeah. Nah. The odds with Bluebet to finish that one off, $1.03. I'll have three Sunday and no Thursday. Yep, probably. Me too. But mind you, I do like having a game on four nights in a row. Yeah, that's true. So it's a give and take. But we've had this conversation a million times before. If you're saying to me that standalone game is going to be somewhere else, I like Monday I, yeah. I like Monday more than I like Thursday. That's just me. Yeah. What about the eights? Oh, we're just pumping up. They're loving Monday night footy. Oh, don't blame them. I used to love Monday night for me is a reward. Yeah, Monday night was my favourite game, almost favourite night of the week, watch footy. It was always a fucking random game, it always an upset, crazy shit always happened on Monday night football. So, yeah. I, know, I know the crowds weren't great, but um, in terms of Thursday, I don't think they're much better. It's hard when you know you've still got to go to work on Friday. Monday, again, I, I know again you've got work, but it just feels more of a reward when you get through a shit Monday and there's a game of football to come home to. Yeah. So, final odds here. South, $1.03. Absolute bank interest. The Dogs, $12 with bluebet.com. And the line there is minus 25 and a half. So, huge gulf there. Uh, but in terms of tips, we're the same across the board, except the Broncos-Tigers game, which, again, flip a coin. But wouldn't be many times this year I would have sat here and gone, Brisbane are going to be favourites. Uh, that's for sure. You're going to be feeling as good about Tipping Brisbane as I am about Tipping the Tigers. So. Oh, I felt horrendous looking at that game. Yeah, just well, just like, I can come up with so many. Fucking, what am I doing here, man? I, all I can come up with is lots of cons, not many pros for either. So, that's right. That's where I'm at, mate. But there you go. All right, let's get out of here. People will be able to listen to this by midnight, maybe. Yeah, well, hopefully if it gets up on fucking iTunes this time. Had a bit of drama. I've uh, followed up with our host platform, Acast. It's not on their end. Apparently, there's been an update with iTunes, and some people have been experiencing problems where it's delayed by a day or two. We've, we're almost two and a half days now, or two days, and it's still not up. So, um, obviously, it was available on the Acast website. It was available on Spotify. There's other ways to listen to it. Yeah, but if you're like me, I understand. I use iTunes for everything. I don't have any other platform generally besides the Acast one, uh, the website. But, I'm exclusively Yeah, if you, you've got a platform you generally download or has automatic downloads, I understand for a lot of people that that's uh, where the majority of the listens are. So yeah. fingers crossed this problem gets sorted because it's fucking us around as well. So yeah, not ideal, but Definitely. bear with us. And, uh, there you go. All right, well, that's the end of two pods, two pods a week for a little while. Yep. Origin Series wrapped up for the 2021 Season three games in Queensland. Queensland end up jagging one at the end to stop the clean sweep, but New South Wales prevail three of the last four series now with the Blues and uh, trying to get that ledger back to hopefully even in the next couple of years after the decade that we experienced. But uh, yeah, some green shoots and some signs of life from Queensland at the back end. Some real positive look to the future for the New South Wales Blues, but for now. We've got round 18. We're in the final third of the season. It's the run home for the NRL season. Let's see how things play out. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.